Hi, this is Matt with Dr. Rob Cook for Mindful Conversations. Mindful Conversations. And our conversation today is about? Decisions. Nice. Making decisions about important things in our life. Like cars. Like cars, yeah. Yeah, like I was just sharing with you. Um, so this morning, I had to take my Toyota RAV4 into the shop. Okay. And uh, I dropped it off first thing in the morning, 8 o'clock, and um, went into the waiting room. They've got a fairly nice waiting room at Sunshine Toyota, and that's not like a, I'm not, they're not like sponsoring our podcast, but oh. they've got snacks and water and things like that. So I was comfortable. I had to wait about an hour and they came out and the lady's kind of snickering because I had brought it in because my back windshield wiper fluid wasn't working. Oh, okay. And there's an issue with the gas tank, but I was really interested in like the windshield wiper not working. And she comes out snickering. She says some rodents have chewed through the hose. Oh. And it's going to cost you 235 bucks. Those are expensive rats. They are rats. I've got to figure out. They get, because my property backs up to the woods and because I have a detached two-car garage, it's just like a home for all the rodents of the forest. Oh, yeah. And so they get in. So I'm having to make a decision on how to fend off the wildlife from eating my vehicles. Dynamite. Dynamite. That's. Okay. Well, that's what happened to me today, but this topic today is important because I've got to make a decision, and we're going to be talking about uh, decision-making. Yeah, because typically when you're talking about decisions, things like SMART goals come up, right, or objectives, or knowing what you want to achieve, and and, um, gathering information and so there's this process about making decisions but i think we're going to take just a little different tact maybe it's not so different you know i don't know if i've ever had a propensity there's a big ten dollar word to figure out how to make decisions well yeah Now, my wife, on the other hand, is really good. She's an early starter when it comes to decision-making. I'm kind of more the spontaneous guy. I kind of make decisions on the fly. Yeah, me too. And so I'm glad that I have somebody who can ground us, but I'm also glad that on the team, Team Heyman, you know, the marriage, that we have a balance of that. So when when we're talking about making decisions, I'm not the kind of person that likes rigidity. Right. I don't like to sit down and work through a rigid planning process to make a decision. I'm not saying that that's not good. I'm just saying I have kind of a a propensity to resist that. You're more of a free flow decision maker. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like to hike and sometimes we're on the trail and I have my little all trails app on my phone and I, I see a little dotted line off to the right. And I want to kind of go explore that. It's not on the original plan, but I made a decision to go on an adventure. So sometimes an adventure doesn't always have like a planned destination. Yeah. Well, and decision-making can be an adventure. Decision-making can be an adventure. So I am realizing 
through self-awareness that I may not be the best decision maker. Yeah, I think, I think when you become an intentional about thinking or mindful about how we make decisions, it does improve our decision making mm-hmm. or it seems to. How about you? I mean, when you think about your personal life, how you have matured as an adult, are you a, what kind of a decision maker are you? I know you said that you're kind of a spontaneous type like me, but when you think of your own examples of decision making, what comes to mind? I'm still stuck on the maturity and adult piece. (laughs) That might be questionable, but it's a good, it's a good thought. I think when I make decisions, I really try to understand what my values and motives are. Right. So I'm less concerned. I'm less concerned about the linear decision making process. And I'm more concerned about the values and motives. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes more sense for someone like me because I don't like the rigidity. I would prefer to have more of a conversation that's based on values. Me too. And why, why am I leaning towards this particular decision or that decision? So mm-hmm. I think of the values and the motives as kind of like the framework for making a decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what are the different contexts that we're thinking of in regard to decision-making? I mean, I'm thinking about obviously the simple things like where am I going? I talked about food a lot on this podcast, but (laughs) where am I going to eat dinner with my spouse or where am I going to go on a hike or when am I going to go back home to Kansas city to see my sisters or, you know, when is the Michigan state game on tonight? Yeah. And am I going to watch it? You know, those are, those are really basic decisions. Yeah, and I think if you know your values, let's just say family is your value. Well, if family is one of your guiding values and motivation is to be close to them, then you know that at some point in time, you're going to be going back to Kansas City because that's going to be a priority. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it guides other decisions like, you know, maybe I won't watch a game or maybe I'll do this instead or choose to save money so I can go or whatever it may be. So categorically, we have decision-making in in areas of our life like family mm-hmm. or work or vacation. Yeah. You know, those are, I mean, we could think about some different categories. Well, that's, I'm can, I like to conceptualize, Yeah. you know, thoughts like that. You know, where do I place this? I think when... You know, I ponder categorizing a decision, I think, in terms of major or minor. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that's determined by consequence. I got options where I can eat out tonight or what kind of food I'm going to be eating. That, to me, is not necessarily a major decision. Um, but it could be in the context if I'm trying to eat healthy. Yeah, I mean, there's another category of decision-making yep. health. Yeah. How, how do I, how do I approach wellness? Um, 
with how, how am I well in my thoughts, my feelings, and my actions? Mm-hmm. Um, financial stewardship. Yeah. Um, retirement. Yeah. Planning. And I think if we have an understanding of our values, um, sometimes they can be referred to as core beliefs, and so you have different definitions. But if I have an understanding of my values and my motivation, which I don't think comes easy for us to discern as humans, those, those settings can guide all of these other decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. So why don't we lay out a little bit of a roadmap of, of how I would tackle a particular decision-making process using the idea of values and motive? And do you have a particular um, example in mind that we could use? I think we already referenced one. If... If my value is friendship or family, then when I'm confronted with a decision about time, let's say, investment of time, I can go do this or I can go do that. If I already know my value is friend or family and my motivation is to be connected to them, that to me then guides that decision making instead of i don't know instead of going to a movie by myself or something i choose to call up my kid or my friend and say hey what are you doing you know do you want to become a part do you want to go to the movie with me does that make sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm thinking about the example that i gave regarding family about you know i grew up in kansas city my mom passed away in 2017 you know, I've been in Michigan since 1993, the year I got married. And um, I always went home primarily to see my mom. Yeah. And I would say it was both a desire, but it was also a requirement. Definitely. So I think there was a desire. There was a value system for family, but I had to make the decision because it was expected of me. Yeah. And um, and so today, since my mom passed in 17, I'm now with three sisters and some nephews and nieces back in Kansas City. I'm not so quick to make a decision to go. Well, COVID has interrupted that quite a bit in the past 12 months, but you know, I'm thinking it's on my mind. Like I miss my sisters or, you know, cause I'm the out of town sibling. So I'm expected to go home as opposed to maybe them coming to see me. Not that they don't want to see me because I'm really that great, <laughs> but um, I know that I want to get back and I just have to organize my schedule in my decision-making um, to be able to make that a priority. So priority comes into play. Yeah. And you also mentioned obligation. So there's that um, social pressure too. But again, if you understand what your values are and you have an assessment or an awareness of your motivation, to me, that's the foundational piece to decision-making. 
And, and, and it also gives you the capability to assess and compare. Like you mentioned, it makes sense that your decision to go back home when your mom was alive would be uh, a weightier decision than with your sibs. They have busy lives, you have busy lives, but they're still important to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, as I'm thinking through this, I'm auditing the different categories in my life. So my relationship with my wife, my two girls, one is at home getting ready to go back to New York to go to school, the other down in Georgia. Um, my travel time is split between seeing them plus going on personal vacations um, with my with my wife. And then my work life and my decision-making regarding, you know, how I'm ordering all of these steps. And if I'm honest, I sometimes think my, my sight of values and motives get lost in the busyness of having to make a decision for the sake of making a decision. Yeah. Maybe because somebody else has maybe voted their conscience on what it is that we need to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's another possibility too, uh, theoretically, that would say, um, if I value family and I work 80 or 90 hours a week, then is family really my value? Hmm. So when there's an incongruency or a disconnect between my values and my decisions, that creates emotional conflict. Mm -hmm. And it does make it hard for the people that care about us to have a certain amount of predictability because I'm basically saying one thing and doing another. And so sometimes the hard question to answer is, what are my real values? If my real value is making money, but I present to you its family, that's a disconnect. Something isn't working. Yeah, actually, that's really good. That, uh, you know, because we're, we're a podcast that has these mindful conversations, we want people to be mindful yeah. or contemplative. I like that word, contemplative, like about my self-awareness. Yeah. Like, this is supposed to be a kind and respectful process of self-assessment. Yes, and to be able to have a conversation, maybe even with another person like we're doing today, but then to discover, like I'm doing right now, maybe my motive comes out and I realize I've been more attuned to working than I am to be with family. Yeah, and there are seasons, so it, it's not necessarily an all or nothing or a, a hard science, if you will, but recognizing like you said having self-awareness and recognizing what my values and motives are in an honest kind of ruthlessly honest manner with myself i say our friendship is important but every time you ask me to go for a hike or do something like that i'm busy mm -hmm. well okay is it a season of life or is my motive something different well in that example maybe you're not being true to yourself yeah or honest with you 
and at the same time, not being honest with me. Yeah. And so in friendship, in relationship, I think this is really important because you say one thing, but you act in a different way. Yeah. As the recipient of your decision-making, I can oftentimes experience what your values and motives are. Exactly. And I think that those closest to us can often see our motives and our values clearer than we do ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because humans are pathetic self-assessors. You say that fairly often around here. I believe it. I don't think I I don't think we do a good job of assessing ourselves and we are reluctant to invite people into that process who are honest with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a context of decision making. We've stated that it it really needs to be a process of measuring values and motives as the basis of your decision making, needing self-assessment skills Mm -hmm. to be able to do that work to identify. Um, So from a practical standpoint, would, what would that look like for somebody listening in regard to assessing their decision-making? From a practical standpoint, uh, I'll, I'll speak to what I like to do. I like to personally first try and identify what I think my or what I know my values to be, or the motivation behind a decision. I then like to go to people who I trust and who I know will be honest. Uh, and part of that is me giving them permission to be honest. So when they're honest with me, I don't recoil or react in an inappropriate way. And then talk through what I'm thinking in regards to the decision. I tend to be a verbal processor anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Coming to a decision for me, generally, particularly a large or an important decision, generally means that I'm talking it through and um, analyzing what exactly are my motives in this decision. Because I I know my values, Mm -hmm. but am I being honest with my motives? Well, in my partnership with you, working alongside you here at the Response Care Center, for the past four years, I have experienced that model in you. You've often brought people around you in your decision-making and you've allowed others to voice their opinion. And it's a very comfortable process. Um, but ultimately, you're left with the responsibility to make a decision. It's not like you're, you're leaving that responsibility on somebody else. But you know that you've gotten some good perspective from a variety of people so you're well informed um that's important and i would i would even say as i've known you i can see what your values are based on your actions so your decision making leads to an outcome i can measure the outcome and go backwards and identify like you said earlier what your value system is what your motive is and there's a benefit For me personally, when I include people I trust into a major decision, when the decision is finally made, to your point, it rests, the responsibility rests on my shoulders. But when the decision is finally made, whether they agree with the decision or not, they've been involved in the process. So they have a more sophisticated understanding as to why I came 
to the decision I did. And it makes it easier for the people who care about me or us to support that decision, even if it's one, even if it's a different, a different decision than they would make. Absolutely. Um, when, when I think of like two people, like you and me, or me and my wife, or me and my daughter, or, or if I'm doing marriage coaching or counseling, um, I think it's important to realize the idea of differentiation. Mm-hmm. And it's a, um, it's a really cool concept that it kind of defines the, the value systems or the, the belief systems of another person being different than your own. And so oftentimes in, in decision-making, we can have a propensity to want to persuade others to see our view and to kind of find an accomplice to our decision-making process. Yeah, someone who will agree with us. Yes. Um, and I think when we look at the idea of differentiation, the idea is to be able to see and respect the differences of another person, including their value system or their motive, and to be able to listen and to understand them in a way that allows them to feel that respect. Exactly. And I so, agree. so in decision making, oftentimes it includes other people. It does. And I think people who are different, they'll have similar values. That's, that's the thing that binds. So you have the similar values. They will help you discern your motives, but that differentiation in an attitude of respect and kindness and love, Mm -hmm. I really believe that the best decisions are made in that fertile soil, Mm. like you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to, I don't have to generally rush major decisions. Our culture says make major decisions quickly. And I like, I like major decisions to be processed through time. Do I feel, you know, do I feel the same way about my decision on Monday as I do on Wednesday or Friday? And with a major decision, it's not like a sale that's going to end or, you know, the corporations that have a sale every weekend and say it's the best sale. Right. Yeah. Like I, I can be fairly, um, patient with certain decision-making, like buying a car, I'll tend to shop and research and read and compare and contrast and talk to my spouse and maybe to an air, maybe too long. I drive, you know, car salesman's crazy because (laughs) I, I, I ask a lot of questions and I do that, but, um, I feel like your point is well taken is I want to sit with the feeling of making a decision and really allow that to inform me of what my value and maybe more importantly, what my motive is. Yeah. Because spontaneity or impulsiveness can oftentimes masquerade yes. as good decision-making. Yep. Like we live in a culture of entitlement. Yes. And we don't want our needs to be taken care of. We want our wants to be taken care of. Right. Right. You know, and we live in a, 
in an economy right now where you can get anything you want at any time you want. Yeah. So you talk about decision making and what I think we're really articulating is delayed gratification. And you brought up the issue of data. You research, you inform. So if you have good data, you can delay gratification. You understand your values and your motives. You invite other people into the process, particularly if it's a major one. And you understand the outcome um, and what you're hoping to accomplish to that decision. That to me is a really potent recipe. It's a really desirable recipe for decision making. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a, we're closing in on the end of our podcast already. It's gone quickly. But one last thing I'll offer is, especially when decision making is including another person, the idea to be a listener and to be mindful that I'm willing to yield to the other person's point of view has been um, a technique that I've matured in because I really want us to win. I don't want to win. If I win, you lose. Right. But if we have a, a posture of we can make this decision together, then it's going to require some concession or some what I like to call yielding. Um, and when I yield to the other person, they tend to feel that and they will oftentimes reciprocate. It's a validating dynamic that you're talking about. I think in it, I think of that dynamic in this way, trying it on for size, actually trying it on for size. Mm -hmm. I can take the time to do what you just articulated. And when I do that, the person that is the recipient of that is validated. And that's a cool thing. Very, we don't we don't do a lot of validation in our culture apparently. It's it's uh it's maybe part of our conversation in a future episode that we'll yeah. talk about in a moment. Um, but on this topic, I think we've touched on just the the bullet points of decision making, and and realizing the importance of the basis of decision making being what are your values and what are your motives, needing some self awareness to be able to identify if I'm making decisions, how are those two things playing a role? Exactly. Is that what I'm hearing you? Yeah. I would add that you, for major decisions particularly, you get uh, individuals who are going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And you give them permission to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's many episodes that we won't reference the idea of partnership. Yeah, I can't imagine that either. I just don't think that you do life alone. I think that you do it in in companionship with trusted allies, individuals that are um, safe and respected and and needed, you know, in this community, in this culture of community that we live in. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, travel alone. If you want to go far, travel together. Mm -hmm. I personally am a together kind of traveler. I mm -hmm. think it's just for me personally wiser. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been another um, episode of Mindful Conversations with Matt and Rob. And uh, I know that we have another episode coming up, kind of a series of episodes. Dr. Rob, what's that going to be like? 
I think we're going to start exploring the topic of maturity and just having some mindful conversations on what it looks like to be mature relationally and personally, spiritually, and those kind of things. So I'm excited. That's going to be a great series of episodes. So this episode, episode five, has been about understanding how to make decisions. The next decision I have to make, being that it's four o'clock, is what kind of chocolate am I going to eat? Hope you guys have a great afternoon, morning, or evening. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it.